by any stretch of the imagination. The birthday of the church is an epic story. Rushing winds, tongues of fire, accusations of drunkenness, apocalyptic prophecies, mass baptism. It's easy to get lost in the spectacle, in the so much of this story. But the detail that stopped me in my tracks this year is this one. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. All of them, the followers and family of Jesus, his disciples, his mother, his siblings, perhaps even a few of those whose lives Jesus had blessed and changed forever, like Mary and Martha and Lazarus, maybe even some of those parents and the children whose health had been restored to them, who were now able to speak and walk around and play and grow up. These were all together, different ages, different abilities, different genders, different ethnicities. Maybe that's why Peter thought of Joel's words about young dreaming dreams, because there were children and teenagers filled with the Holy Spirit prophesying alongside the adults in that one room all together. Peter maybe wasn't just talking metaphorically. Maybe Peter was speaking literally about all who were filled with the Spirit, speaking in other languages, and communicating the great things that God has done. Because no one language can communicate everything about what God has done. Things get lost in translation. Among languages, even among people of the same languages, but different dialects. Any of us who've ever crossed the Mason-Dixon line or gone west know we all speak Amer English, American English, but goodness, some words mean very different things depending on where you live. Life, love, humor, art, God can't be described in one language in a way that captures everything there is to know. I love the image of people from all over the known world at the time, gathering together because they heard the sound of familiar in a foreign land. It's no small thing to hear the language or dialect that you were brought up with when you're miles away from home. The sounds of words can make worlds and can unmake them too. So to me, that's the miracle of Pentecost, that it's not just about speaking. The miracle of Pentecost is also about hearing and understanding. With the coming of the Holy Spirit, the ideas and the spirit of the gospel were universally translated into all languages. Sort of like the universal translator from Star Trek. 
how it enabled the crew of the USS Enterprise to understand the languages of all the planets because it magically turned that language into English. Except the Holy Spirit is the universal translator, but different languages are retained. The Spirit is multilingual, not monolingual. This is God's word for all people, spoken and heard and understood in as many languages as there were people, who would then return to their homelands to tell the story of what they had experienced. This means that the words of Jesus at his ascension, that his followers would spread the news from Jerusalem into Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, would be fulfilled, but in ways that those original disciples could never have imagined. Because for one thing, they didn't have to do it all. All they had to do was let the Spirit speak in them and through them, and then let God do the rest of the work. The anointing to be stewards of the good news spread like wildfire among those who heard they were beloved to God and had a place of belonging in the people of God. However, this anointing does not come without a cost. To speak across barriers of race, ethnicity, gender, religion, culture, or politics is to challenge stereotypes and risk ridicule. It's a brave and disorienting act. But this is what the Holy Spirit required of Christ's frightened disciples at the birth of the church. Essentially, stop huddling in what you call safety. Throw open your windows and your doors. Feel the pressure of my hand against your backs Pour yourselves out into the streets that you've come to fear and speak. Don't you understand? Silence and separation are no longer possible because you are on fire. You are on fire. Another thing I love about this story of Pentecost is what it required for those who spoke and for those who heard. Those who spoke had to brave languages, had to learn them that went far beyond their comfort zones, had to be brave to speak a language that was not their own. They had to risk vulnerability in the face of difference and to do so with no guarantee of welcome. They had to trust that no matter how awkward, strange, inadequate, or silly they felt, the words bubbling up inside of them, new words, strange words, maybe even scary words, were nevertheless essential words, words precisely ordained for the time and place they needed to be spoken. Those who spoke had to be brave. And meanwhile, the crowds who listened had to take some risks as well. They had to suspend disbelief 
to drop their cherished defenses and opt for wonder instead of contempt. They had to widen their circles and welcome strangers with accents into their midst. They had to welcome those they heard speaking familiar tongues, but maybe looked very different, dressed very differently. As Pentecost reminds us, not all of them managed it. Some sneered because they couldn't bear to be bewildered, to have their neat categories of belonging and comfort dissolve before their eyes. Instead, they retreated into the well-worn narrative of denial. This isn't God. Nothing new is happening here. These are just backwoods Galileans who've had too much to drink. But even in that atmosphere of suspicion and cynicism, some people spoke. Some other people listened. And into these astonishing exchanges, God breathed fresh life. Because something happens when we learn to speak each other's languages. When we learn to communicate in ways that puts another way, another's way of seeing and describing the world ahead of our own. We learn the limits of our own words and experiences. We learn curiosity. We discover that God's great deeds are far too complicated and complex and special for a single language, a single fluency. So this Pentecost story compels us who are gathered here in one place because it's a story for our time too. For we live in a world where words have become toxic, where the languages of us and them and we and those other people threaten to divide and destroy us. We live in a nation that's gearing up for another election year. And we live in a county where words and proclamations about recognizing the full humanity of all people are still up for debate and disagreement. The temptation to retreat into our political, particular political or denominational silos is still very strong. Why bother to understand, much less to speak the languages of those with whom we disagree? Why not sneer? Isn't it easier? Isn't sneering more fun? Eh, maybe, but, but, that's not productive. Sneering and retreating from relationship is not why the Holy Spirit loosened tongues and inhibitions to break down barriers on the birthday of the church. That's not why we have the Spirit, to sneer and retreat. We have the Spirit because in the face of difference, God calls us to engage, to relate, to figure out how to live next to each other and to work together. 
on Pentecost, the call comes again to God's people. Lean in, listen, and speak. On Pentecost, the ability was given to speak in other languages. On Pentecost, the ability is still given to speak in other languages. Not in our particular biblical interpretations or preferences for how things should be, but to speak about God's goodness and mercy and love in languages we all understand. But we also know that our ability to describe God's goodness and mercy and love will always come to a point where words fail us. Because if there's one thing I know, it's still that I don't know a whole lot about God. There's more to this life of faith and following Jesus than we can ever understand on this side of eternity. But what we do know is we are inspired to love. Those were our directions. Love one another. So the Holy Spirit has gifted us with the abilities and the experiences to share that love, that good news, those deeds of power that God has done in our own lives. We share them with others. And when we use our words or our actions or our physical presence to communicate for us, we have been gifted with everything we need to live out what the God who is still speaking to us has to say to our world and to each other. The words that we drew out of an offering plate one cold January Sunday float above our heads. These epiphany stars reminding us to keep our hearts and our minds open to the guidance of the Spirit, the light of the world, the bright morning star. Even as temperatures rise and fall with the seasons and within our relationships with one another and our neighbors, our star words still guide us, still lead us, into the way that Christ calls us. We have the spirit to keep on leading, to keep on shining, calling forth the best within us. These are the words of God for the world. Can we hear them? Can we hear what the spirit of God is saying, even in those we may find bewildering, even astonishing? You are empowered to bring the words of God for the world. So stop huddling. Stop sneering. Engage. Speak. Silence and separation are no longer possible. For you, beloved church, are on fire. Amen.